0: If they're going to be given legal status, if they're going to be given uh, amnesty, perhaps the ability to become citizens, the whole reason that's being pushed is because people say, well, they weren't responsible for this. You know, it was their parents who did it.
1: I think they just deserve the opportunity to excel in a country where they had no choice to be brought to. In fact, a lot of my clients don't even realize they're in another country or they're older and their friends are applying for driver's licenses and, you know, they realize they can't apply and they don't understand why.
3: Welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. This is Bob Ambrogi coming to you from Massachusetts, where I write a blog called Law Sites and also co-host another Legal Talk Network program called Law Technology Now, along with Monica Bay.
4: And I'm Craig Williams coming to you from Southern California. I write a legal blog called May It Please the Court.
3: Before we introduce today's topic, let me just take a moment to thank our show's sponsors, Clio and Latera. Clio's cloud-based practice management software makes it easy to manage your law firm from intake to invoice. You can find out more about Clio and try it for free at clio.com, that's C-L-I-O dot com. And uh, Latera is the authority on document creation, collaboration, and control. Increase your productivity, collaborate securely, and ensure protection of your vital information. Learn more at...
4: And Bob, the topic today is the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program, more commonly known as DACA, which was recently halted by President Trump. You may remember back in June of 2012, DACA was put in place by the Obama administration to protect immigrants without legal status who came to the United States as children. Attorney General Jeff Sessions has called the Obama administration's program an unconstitutional exercise of authority. Currently, the DACA program has provided nearly 800,000 young immigrants, better known as DREAMers, stemming from the DREAM Act, a reprieve from deportation and the ability to work legally in the U.S.
3: With President Trump's decision to end DACA, the uh, issue now heads to Congress uh, if Congress uh, chooses to find a solution for to address this population that was previously eligible under DACA. Just this week, the state of California filed a lawsuit against the Trump administration for its decision to rescind DACA. Today on Lawyer to Lawyer, we're going to take a look at DACA, uh, talk about the DREAM Act, uh, what Congress might do or not, and uh, the reality of deportation and a potential impact, future litigation, and what the future holds for DREAMers and their families.
4: And Bob, to do that, we've got a great lineup today. Our first guest is Hans von Spakovsky. He is the Senior Legal Fellow at the Heritage Foundation's Edwin Meese III Center for Legal and Judicial Studies. Hans is an authority on a wide range of issues, including civil rights, civil justice,
3: the First Amendment, and immigration. Welcome to the show, Hans.
0: Bob, thanks for having me.
3: Also joining us today uh, is immigration attorney Erin J. Lee from the law offices of Erin J. Lee in San Diego, California. Uh, Erin has served as the primary attorney on hundreds of successful cases and is passionate about obtaining success for her clients. She uh, has practiced uh, both at her own firm uh, and at other firms where she's fought for the unification of families in the U.S. and Mexico and other Latin countries. In her free time, she serves the community as a pro bono attorney with the American Bar Association's Immigration Justice Project, as well as serving as an attorney advisor for the North County Immigration and Citizenship Center. Welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer, Aaron Lee.
1: Thanks so much. Got to be here.
3: And Aaron, let's start with you.
4: We'd like to kind of get an overview of the DACA program, along with uh, how President Obama established it. Maybe a little explanation of how his argument is that it's an executive branch function as opposed to Sessions' argument that it presumably is a legislative branch function. But just give us a little bit of an overview of what we're looking at.
1: Sure. Uh, DACA was uh, introduced in 2012, like you said, uh, by President Obama via executive order. Um, It was introduced in the form of an enforcement priority. It was a policy memo Um, It was about exercising prosecutorial discretion and um, prioritizing the removal of certain individuals in the United States, uh, which included, of course, the DREAMers. Um, And what the order did essentially was defer action against these individuals. Um, It wasn't conferring any type of legal status to them, which is why uh, proponents of the order, don't believe it is unconstitutional. Um, it wasn't giving these individuals any lawful status, uh, no, no green card, no citizenship, nothing like that. It was just like the title, uh, deferring action against them, as in not removing them from the United States. Um, and with that, if they met, met certain qualifications and passed certain back, background checks, they would be able to qualify for a work permit.
3: Hans you're taking the position that DACA uh that, that President Obama lacked the constitutional authority to put DACA into effect in the first place explain that
0: Sure uh but one correction this was not done through an executive order uh President Obama simply uh, directed the Department of Homeland Security to put this in as a as a new policy um look there's two reasons why we know this was beyond the president's authority one President Obama himself admitted that on numerous occasions in public um, when immigration advocates were urging him to do this. uh, He said he couldn't do it. At at one point, uh, October 2010, he said, I'm not a king. I can't do these things just by myself. But, you know, on another occasion he said, I can't just suspend deportations through executive orders. That's not the case. I mean, he acknowledged this was something that Congress had to do through legislation because, of course, Congress has plenary power over our immigration rules uh, through the constitution. The other the second reason we know this was beyond his authority is remember uh he tried to implement a second program uh in 2014 called the Dapa program. That was deferred action for parents uh, of Americans and lawful permanent residents. The benefits under both DACA and DAPA were virtually the same. Uh, a promise that uh you would not be um uh, deported uh, work permits issued, and most importantly, access to other government benefits such as Social Security. And if you recall, a number of states sued over the second program, the DAPA program, and an injunction was issued by a lower federal court against the implementation of the program nationwide. The Fifth Circuit upheld it. Um, The Supreme Court did not overturn it. And the Reasons that the judges said he couldn't put this in place was it was beyond his constitutional authority, and the key there was that the the administration argued that this was within the the president's power of prosecutorial discretion, and no one disagreed, and the courts didn't didn't disagree that that the executive branch, the president, have prosecutorial authority. You know they can decide in a specific case not to prosecute or deport someone, but as the court pointed out. Um, They weren't just saying they weren't going to prosecute under the immigration laws. They were providing positive access to benefits like work permits and uh, other government benefits. And that the president did not have the authority to do. And that's why the injunction was in place. And that's uh, clearly why the DAPA program uh, is beyond the authority of the president. It's up to Congress. Congress can do this. The president can't.
3: Aaron, what do you? What's your response to that? Do, do you agree that the president lacks the president Obama lacked the authority to put DACA into effect in the first place?
1: Um, I disagree. Again, um, it did not confer any type of lawful status. Yes, it allowed uh, certain individuals to obtain benefits, but I don't think that's outside the purview of his authority. I think the the uh, statements that he made in regards to making Congress act is more in in light of being able to give these individuals actual lawful status as in a permanent residency or a visa of some sort, but a work permit does not do that. Um, so for those reasons, I do not believe that's outside of his, um, his authority. And, and again, it is in the, in in a prosecutorial discretionary manner, it's, it's more about priorities. It's about policies. It's not about um, passing any laws that again, would um, allow people to, certain people to be here in the United States lawfully. Well,
4: Hans, since President Trump has suspended DACA and now thrown the ball squarely into the Congress's lap, what can we expect out of Congress?
0: Well, I don't know. You know, we there were several times, as everyone knows, over the past uh, few years, that uh, a number of senators and uh, members of the House tried to put together what they called a Dream Act. Um, uh, can they do it now? You know, I don't know. the 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 individuals. Um, who became eligible under DACA was a, a very specific and very limited number you know it it's now down to six hundred and ninety thousand people roughly another hundred thousand did receive uh, DACA work permits at some point but uh, those have lapsed either because they failed to renew were deported for criminal activity or finagled a a permanent green card so we're talking about six hundred ninety thousand the dream acts that were put into Congress in the past Uh, The estimates on how many uh, individuals would meet the requirements uh, under that was upwards of two million, more than twice as much as this. I don't know if Congress is going to try to put something together that just applies to these specific DACA recipients or whether they're going to try to come up with another DREAM Act, which has a broader um, uh, application.
4: And Aaron, what's your hope?
1: Well, my hope is that some form of relief will be allowed for these DREAMers. Um, Obviously, the humanitarian aspect uh, of immigration law is in play here. And um, I know that, you know, as recently as July of this year, um, there was a new DREAM Act proposed. And um, I, I think and I'm hoping that within the next six months, they can make that happen.
3: Aaron, what is the basis? I mean, lawsuits have been brought challenging uh, President Trump's uh, rescission of DACA. What is the legal grounds for those lawsuits? What are the arguments that are being made?
1: I believe it's being made under the Fifth Amendment, as well as um, they're saying it's a violation of the Administrative Procedures Act. Um, I know that the University of California also filed a suit on the 8th of this month. I, I believe they cited uh, those sections of the law as well. Um, of course, the University of California is a little bit different from the state to have filed lawsuits, but um, of course, all are claiming the loss of vital members of the community um, in their lawsuits.
3: So, is a due process argument? Is that is that the Fifth Amendment that 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 these people have were were given uh, some sort of. A- Right or something that was being taken away from them without due process.
1: I can't be positive about that. I haven't read the complaints.
4: Erin, what's been your experience working with Dreamers? I mean, what are the what are the selling points behind uh, the people that are coming to Congress saying, "Save us, keep us here, don't deport us"?
1: My personal experience with Dreamers stems from people who were brought here as you know six month old infants to fifteen year old um, uh, children. So it's these folks who have come here, who have, you know, have, don't know anything other than living in the United States, um, who just want to be given an opportunity to live in the United States, the state, the the country they only really have lived in or, uh, know of to live and to be able to live among their peers, uh, like they can, like a normal citizen. Um, go to school, for example, Um, get financial aid if they need it, or uh, even getting a driver's license, um, applying for jobs. I think having, lacking that opportunity has stunted so many of these young individuals. Um, I'd like to have them be able to uh, pursue their dreams. And I think a lot of these DACAs already have. Um, I know, actually, one of my, Lawyer colleagues, he is one of the first uh, DACA lawyers to be barred in Florida, Um, and now he's representing the immigrant community there, doing great things. Um, I think they just deserve the opportunity uh, to excel in a country where they had no choice to be brought to. In fact, a lot of my clients don't even realize they're in another country um, until they're older and their friends are applying for driver's licenses and their parents you know they realize they can't apply and they don't understand why um and i think that's just tragic
3: please stay with us we're going to continue to uh this discussion about daca and uh, president trump's decision to rescind it uh in just a moment but first we're going to stop to hear a word from our sponsors please stay with us Currency of business. They represent you in every business interaction. Executives need to know what changes have occurred in documents, what metadata risks exist, and how to encrypt, share, and collaborate securely. Latera simplifies the document creation and collaboration process to protect you from risk and loss of reputation. Latera offers better solutions for document lifecycle management so you can focus on doing what really matters www.latera.com. Imagine what you could do with an extra eight hours per week. That's how much time legal professionals save with Clio, the world's leading practice management software. With intuitive time tracking, billing, and matter management, Clio streamlines everything you do to run your practice, from intake to invoice. Try Clio for free and get a 10% discount for your first six months when you sign up at their website, clio.com, that's C-L-I-O.com, with the code L2L10, that's L2L, the number 10. Welcome back to Lawyer to Lawyer. This is Bob Ambrogi, uh, and joining my co-host, Jay Craig Williams, and I today are two guests, uh, Hans von Spakowski, Senior Legal Fellow at the Heritage Foundation's Edward Meese Third Center for Legal and Judicial Studies, and Aaron J. Lee, an immigration attorney from San Diego, California. Uh, Hans, we've been talking about DACA, and uh, there's a lot of confusion, uh, I think, uh, th- th- because these people have been referred to as the Dreamers, and there's also been talk of the Dream Act. Uh, what is your position on on what Congress should do? Uh, would you like? Are you looking to see? Congress address this in a way that will provide uh, some status to the uh, people who've been covered by DACA, or uh, do you think it's bad policy, generally speaking?
0: Well, I think what needs to happen in Congress is what didn't happen when President Obama put this in. You know, the whole point of of Congress and its ability to pass legislation is: what do they do? They hold hearings, they hear from witnesses, and they get information on what the best solution is. And you know, two things that need to be considered: first of all, almost everyone who talks about the DACA program talks about. Oh, the people who were six months old when they came here, and and therefore speak neither the language of of their home countries, uh, and don't know anything about the culture. But the DACA program also applied, uh, for example, to sixteen year olds who came here, and anyone who has uh, teenage kids like I do knows that uh, by by the time a, a child is sixteen, a teenager, uh, they've been in school for ten years. They speak read and write the language fluently, uh, and they are completely imbued in the culture uh, they've grown up in. So the idea that uh, it's somehow a hardship to send a 16-year-old who uh, was brought in illegally, for example, from Mexico, who speaks Spanish, who knows a Mexican culture, some kind, that there's something wrong with that, you know, I don't think that's right, and that's, that that's something that needs to be looked at. The other thing that I think has got to be done if Congress considers doing something actually for the people who work, only two or three when they came in, is if they're going to be given legal status, if they're going to be given uh, amnesty, perhaps the ability to become citizens, um, the whole reason that's being pushed is because people say, well, they weren't responsible for this. You know, It was their parents who did it who, who brought them in illegally who broke our laws. Well, fine. If you're going to do something for these uh, people who came in uh, that young, um, you've got to ensure that they uh, then don't take advantage of our immigration laws and use that to sponsor their parents, the, because that means the parents would then benefit from the illegal behavior. And I think that's another issue that also needs to be looked at. By the way, the majority of people who got uh, benefits under DACA, while they may have been young when they came in, uh, were were adults at the time the, uh, the benefits were
3: given. So on the age issue, are you suggesting that it should, that it should you advocating it be rolled back to an earlier age, or or you're not taking a position on this, but saying it needs to be looked at and thought about?
0: I, I think it's something that Congress needs to look at and, and think about.
3: Erin, what about you? Can you talk about that? The di- what the differences that we're talking about here when we talk about the the Dream Act versus versus DACA, and what would you like to see Congress do here?
1: Sure. And, and just to go to Hans's uh, comment really quick, uh, DACA was not for people who were 16-year-olds when they came to the U.S. It was actually prior to turning 16. So people who came on their 16th birthday would not have qualified uh, to get DACA. So it would have been 15 and younger that would be uh, eligible. But Dreamer, the DREAM Act would actually con for some type of lawful status, like permanent residency. Um, I think one of the first DREAM acts from 2001, they proposed uh, conditional residence for uh, eight years. And if everything panned out for the eight years, they would get their permanent residency. And then after a certain amount of years, they can obtain their citizenship. And this would, of course, include some type of educational, you know, if they had an education, if they had a job, if they're paying taxes, et cetera. Um, I think Those aspects can and should be considered um, for Dreamers and for the Dream Act. Uh, The difference between DACA and Dreamers is exactly that. So, DACA, again, was a policy where they allowed certain um, individuals to obtain a work permit, again, not lawful status. Um, So, that's the main difference between those two. Um, I definitely would like Congress to look at um, giving these individuals. Uh, lawful status versus just a work permit. Um, I I don't know if I agree with limiting the um, age, um, but I, I would like to see Congress act on that aspect in terms of giving these individuals lawful status.
3: What are the chances of, of Congress actually doing something, Hans. I mean, it, it seems, uh, apart from this issue, it seems that everything we hear says that Congress uh, is unlikely to act on, on the DACA issue uh, unless it's tied to some broader immigration reform. And, and we've seen what's happened with attempts in Congress in the past to come up with some broader immigration reform. I mean, do you have any any predictions as to how this may play out over the next six months?
0: Well... Yes, I shouldn't be too cynical, but uh, they haven't gotten a lot done. As you all know, in almost any area, Uh, they weren't able to come to an agreement over Obamacare. Uh, They're now struggling with um, uh, potential tax uh, changes, um, and so far they just haven't gotten a lot done. Um, When you add immigration on top of that, I don't know. On the other hand, um, you know, Tom Cotton, senator from Arkansas, uh, has – put forward a, a bill that a lot of people like uh, the, the you know, raise act um, to make changes and reforms in uh, our immigration laws. So I don't know whether uh, if, if they take a look at that and um, tie some kind of amendments into it that would take care of the DACA situation, well, then perhaps they could, they could get something done. But um I think they're going to be leery of doing anything um, until and unless uh, we see real enforcement of our immigration laws and real enforcement of border security. Uh, The polling shows very much that that was a big priority issue with Americans. Americans welcome legal immigration. We're the most generous country in the world when it comes to legal immigration. We take in a million legal immigrants a year. That's more than any other country. But at the same time, people I think have been tired over the past few years about um, uh, our our immigration laws not being enforced the way they should and uh, proponents of this trying to extinguish the line. Between legal immigrants and those who came here illegally, and I think folks want to see uh, real enforcement uh, done by Washington of our uh, immigration laws.
4: Hans, do you think that President Trump has uh, any any particular tactic in mind other than just simply getting the responsibility for this off his desk?
0: Well, you know, he's made he's he has said uh, publicly that I, I believe he has said publicly. He's talked about. Um, uh, getting funding for uh, his border wall as part of a deal on this. But, uh, you know, I, I, I still work in the White House, so I really don't have an insight as to what uh, they think they would uh, agree to uh, if Congress came up with uh, some kind of fix for this problem.
3: Erin, what are you telling your clients now uh, when they come to you and ask about this?
1: Huh. That's a good question. Um, I, I share some of Hans's cynicism here um, in terms of Congress being able to act in the next six months. Um, I mean, we've been talking about the DREAM Act for the last 16 years. Um, like Hans said, you know, when DACA was intr- introduced, I think Congress should have sat down and had some conversations about this, but um, I'm not sure if that, if that was ever done. And here we are um, five years later uh, under a different administration, and all these people are caught you know in limbo once again um but the difference now is that all their information is out there for everyone to to take or or more importantly ice to um to obtain and and it exposes them again once again to to the threat of deportation um and that's very scary for my clients so um at this point i i'm telling my clients um not to freak out of course but um we're, you know, of course, trying to explore different options, um, different options, and um, just really just praying and hoping that something's going to be done within the next couple months.
3: There have to be a lot of people who are concerned that, they're wishing they had never registered for DACA in the first place, right now.
0: Aaron may have seen this too, but I think the, the one of the spokesmen for the Department of Homeland Security, after the president made this announcement. Uh, tried to make people relax a little bit about this and said that they were not about to start going through the DACA list and using that for deportation purposes.
4: It seems kind of foolish to think that, that they wouldn't.
0: I know, but I think they've declared a policy that they're they're not going to do that. So, um, uh, and like I said, at the moment, they... They have been concentrating on uh, other priorities, including trying to get um, criminal aliens out of the country.
3: What do you think about the allegations? I mean, It's been uh, the, the, I know the lawsuit brought by the uh, state attorneys general I'm not sure about the, the, uh, the UC uh, lawsuit you mentioned earlier, but I know the lawsuit brought by the state attorneys general alleges that President Trump was motivated by discriminatory animus against Mexicans in, in this action. Uh, Do either either of you want to comment on that or have an opinion about that?
0: I think that's a sign of how weak the lawsuit is that they they have filed. Um, Look, we've already got the federal courts saying that the president doesn't have the authority, a president doesn't have the authority to... um, uh, provide work authorizations and access to government benefits, which is what was done uh, with the DACA program. They did do it with the DAPA program, but like I said, the, the benefits were virtually the same under both programs. So I, I, I just don't They haven't don't specifically
3: see... ruled on DACA, though.
0: That That is correct. But the programs were virtually the same. Uh, the only thing that was different between them was which group of um, illegal aliens they, they targeted. And I just don't think they've got a claim... Um, uh, that will stand up uh under either the Constitution or federal immigration law that um this uh program should have been continued by the President.
3: Aaron, do you have thoughts on that? On the discrimination issue?
1: Yeah, I, I think um I think there are some messages there I that I see I, I can kind of read between the lines as we I think we're able to see with his travel ban um and the courts did recognize that so I think there's some some similarities um, in that regard, but um, I can't speak to whether or not that's a legal ground to overturn his actions.
0: Yeah, except the travel ban uh, has, has virtually been upheld. The stays uh, pretty much lifted by the Supreme Court until they hear the case, which is happening in October, and uh, they they just did that again, uh, just a day or so ago, in a in a subsequent case that came out in California, so uh, th- this argument uh, just doesn't seem to be working um, for those bringing it, like the state of California and others.
4: Well, it looks like we've just about reached the end of our program, so we'd like to take this opportunity to invite our guests to share their final thoughts and provide their contact information, so our listeners can reach out to you if they would like. So, uh, let's let's Hans, let's start with you.
0: Well, the one thing I would say about it is, look, all the criticism of the president over this have, has concentrated on whether or not DACA was a good good program or a bad program. I think that's misguided. Um, the, 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 the president did what was right under the Constitution and our system of government, ending uh, a program that the president didn't have the authority to do. The arguments over what to do with uh, these individuals belongs in the halls of Congress, not uh, in the executive branch, not in the White House. And uh, I can be uh, contacted and look at my drives to be seen at heritage.org, heritage.org.
4: Great. And Erin?
1: Yes, thank you. It was a pleasure to be here. And really, at the end of the day, what we want to see is for these individuals to be afforded the opportunity to be in the United States and um, contribute as they happen for the last five years. I just want to point out really quickly that um, economically, the a lot of studies and and um, experts say that the, uh, the cancellation of DACA is not going to take jobs away from Americans, but rather it's going to hurt our economy quite significantly. Um, and over the decade, they say our GDP may drop $433 billion even, Um, I mean, executives from Apple, Google, Facebook, Microsoft, Amazon have all come out and they've said that uh, their dreamers are helping their businesses grow so they can create jobs and, you know, maintain their global competitive um, advantage. So um, I I believe not only economically, but, you know, for humanitarian reasons, these folks um, deserve to be here. And um, if you want to talk to me about that, you can Find me at erinjlee.com and my phone number
4: is 619-361-1015. Great. Well, thank you very much for being with us today. That brings us to the end of our show. If you'd like what you heard
3: today, please rate us in Apple Podcasts. This is Bob Ambrosi. Let me just say uh, thanks to uh, both of our guests for taking the time to be with us today. We really appreciate uh, your time and insights on this. and. Thanks to uh, all of our listeners for listening. Join us next time for another great legal topic. When you want legal, think lawyer to lawyer.
2: Thanks for listening to Lawyer to Lawyer, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi for their next podcast, covering the latest legal topic. Subscribe to the RSS feed on LegalTalkNetwork.com or in iTunes.